0: Welcome to the Fully Delighted Podcast, a hopeful and helpful resource from South Mountain Community Church, a multi-site church in Utah. Each week we will be hearing from our staff as we explore what makes SMCC unique, as well as what it means to be fully devoted and fully delighted in Jesus Christ. We hope this podcast can be a helpful resource for you to take your next step with Jesus. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Fully Delighted Podcast. So glad you are all here with us as we continue in Galatians. As per usual, I've got Eric Nelson here on my left. Uh, how are you doing, Eric? Hey, Adam. I am thrilled to be here.
1: This is a, this is a special podcast for me for three reasons. I'm very excited for this day. Uh, number one, the book of Galatians just mm-hmm. continues to energize me and um, and really is a catalyst for my thinking. Uh, so I love I love the Book of Galatians. So we're gonna walk through it again. Number two, uh, fall break is coming up in Utah, and the Nelson family is piling in the station wagon. It's actually an SUV, but I call it the station wagon. <laughs> we're going off to Disney tomorrow, so oh, we're man. we're driving out. Like half of our church will be there, so you know See, it's like I, a small group out there.
0: I made a mistake. I scheduled our vacation without <laughs> kids on the same week that is fall break in yeah. Utah, which means the airport's gonna be crazy.
1: That's true. That's true. <laughs> Uh, and the third reason I'm really excited is we got T.C. Mooney here on the podcast today. For the first time, my good friend and colleague, he is the pastor of our Lehigh campus, doing a great job building a team, building that campus, uh, over 300 people over the last few weeks. So really, really great stuff happening down there. And T.C., we got to get to know you, man. The listeners might not know you. You're bald and you have a beard. That is crucial <laughs> to understanding who you are. And you're from the South, so you put yeah. all that together. You, you You're like the guy... You, you don't have glasses, you don't have tattoos, and you're from the South. You don't really, like, fit the mold around here. <laughs> oh, no. But uh, tell us just who you are, it's man. It's true.
2: I'm also shorter than most of you guys, Yeah, you're too. under six foot, uh, so yeah. we barely uh, hired you. Yeah, <laughs> I thought kidding. I thought there was a sign somewhere that said, like, must be this tall to be on <laughs> staff, so over. I'm glad y'all let me <laughs> s- sneak in. But yeah, so um, we, me and my family just moved to Utah just over five months ago now. Uh, we love it here, love it here. I've been married almost 10 years to my wife, Cody, and we have a two-year-old named Linley, and she is full of sass, um, but uh, yeah, we, I, I grew up in the South, that's why you hear a little bit of an accent, and kind of been all over, and we are excited to call Utah and SMCC home. Fun. That's awesome,
1: man. I'm glad you've decided to call it home, too. You've done a great job. So, Adam, let's dive in. We're in uh, Galatians chapter three. And for anybody that's new to the podcast in this season, we are studying the book of Galatians together. So, Mm -hmm. if you've never done a Bible study before and you want to slowly go through the book of Galatians, which is an incredible book about freedom and justification, um, you can study with us. And so, that's what we've been doing. We're, you know, kind of halfway through uh, just about. And, um, Here we are, chapter 3, verse 15, a little context for the listeners. The author of this is uh, the Apostle Paul. He has uh, people he is leading in the modern-day region of Turkey, uh, the Galatia area, the Galatia region, and so they are called Galatians, and there in the churches, there's some tension going on. There are uh, Gentile believers and Jewish believers, and by Gentile, it means they did not grow up with... uh, the law of Moses. They didn't grow up with those customs and traditions, and so they're trying to follow Jesus, and then you have people who did grow up in that trying to follow Jesus. And the tension is, how Jewish do you need to be to follow Jesus? And that's really the question here. <laughs> and, um, you know, the, what's really important to understand is that even here we are 2,000 years later. And that same stuff is coming up. How religious do you need to be to follow Jesus? How many rules do you have to place into your life to follow Jesus? Um, And how we talk about it is this is really um, a letter that's comparing and contrasting the gospel with anything that's gospel-ish. Ish. Ish. You had an I-S-H, it's kind of, it's sort of, it's close to, but it's not the real thing. And so gospel-ish is anything that... And this is... We have t-shirts at SMCC because we did a series on this Mm -hmm. one time. It's anything that adds to adds to what Jesus has done, all right, or adds to the Bible, subtracts from Jesus's deity, so subtracts from what he's done, so adds to the Bible, subtracts from Jesus, uh, multiplies your works, you got to work your way in, so you got to mm. multiply, or it divides your loyalty. So gospel-ish, mm. adds, subtracts, multiplies, and divides. Mm. And um, the real gospel does none of that. In fact, it sets us free to devotion and delight. And so that's
0: the heart of the book, and so here we are, verse 15. Excellent. So for those of you that maybe are new with us um, we're reading through from the NIV in case you want to do the same version that we're reading out of Oh quick side note I know TC and I did this this week uh we
1: got stumped a little bit TC oh, did you get stumped studying yeah. yes, for this Yes
2: yes it's like okay first time you guys are just going to give me this really tough passage John to talk about Yeah I would I would have preferred that one yeah that would have been great but yeah there's there's some there's some things that make my noodle in here man it took some work to
1: think through it So what we did uh so the, you said the NIV what mm-hmm. I did in the study process for this in TC I know you did the very same thing on our own we didn't even talk about this as I read this passage in a few different translations so mm-hmm. I went to the new american standard version of the bible which is kind of a wooden approach to reading it but keeps mm-hmm. the the greek words in sort of the same spot in english so it's hard to read but you can pick up on some real um, structural parts of the passage. I also mm-hmm. went to the message and read there, and that mm-hmm. was very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the message, they add the word addendum. The law was an addendum, mm-hmm. and that was so helpful sure. uh, for me. And so we're going to kind of go with that today and some of our theme, too. So anyways, if you wow. ever are stuck, look at a few different translations. BibleGateway.com has those translations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for free. For free. Um, so that's, that's a interesting to a hear you approach. talk
0: about that. The yeah, NASB and the message, those are like the two... Uh, Polar opposites true. Two, two extremes, yeah. So that's mm-hmm. that's a good way to, to go through that. Yep. Excellent. All right, so we are now in chapter 3. We're picking up in verse 15. I'll just read that first uh, paragraph that, uh, that we've got here and kind of set that up for you guys. So it says, Brothers and sisters, let me take an example from everyday life. Just as no one can set aside or add to a human covenant that has been duly established, so it is in this case. The promises were spoken to Abraham And to his seed. Scripture does not say, and to seeds, meaning many people, but, and to your seed, meaning one person who is Christ. What I mean is this the law introduced 430 years later does not set aside the covenant previously established by God, and thus do away with the promise. For if the inheritance depends on the law, then it no longer depends on the promise. But God in his grace gave it to Abraham through a promise. Whoa, that's a mouthful.
1: Mm. Oh my goodness. We gotta <laughs> we gotta a find a way to break it down. Now, one helpful question to sort of uh, guide the conversation today is this question right here. Uh, how does the Old Testament fit into the New Testament? That's mm-hmm. that's really really important. TC, I know you went to see the new Bond movie. Was that good, by the way?
2: It was. It was a new Bond
1: movie. <laughs> here's why I didn't. Here's why I would have been lost from day one. I don't know how what happened before fits mm. into what's happening now. I would completely no. be lost. You'd have to give me like a Galatians version of Bond so that I understand how <laughs> these things fit together. And I I don't. So anyways, that's I just, what we
0: did. We literally watched all the Daniel mm-hmm. Craig Bond movies in one week okay. so that we could go yeah. to the movie with. So. If yeah. you want to
1: make sense of reality and what's happening in the present, you have to make sense of the past. That's what you got to do.
2: And that's what the Apostle Paul is doing now with themes that are very foreign to us. Yeah, and he recognizes even in verse 15, he's saying, okay, let me let me use examples that you'll recognize. Let me dumb it down for you. Because yeah. he knows that this is some <laughs> complex stuff that he's saying.
1: Absolutely. So, so he starts with, hey, let me pick something in, in everyday life, and he goes with covenants. Okay, those are not part really of our everyday life, even now. So, mm-hmm. I did some homework uh, and I thought to myself, where have I seen covenants? Like, where are some, th- where mm-hmm. are three really common covenants today, really? Uh, legal arrangements. Mm-hmm. When, he, when he talks about seed, not seeds, he's like picking apart legal language. Like, he's mm-hmm. like reading through a contract, you know, mm-hmm. and saying, look, this is, this is not plural, it's singular. And we'll, we'll get into that in a second. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, TC, I was thinking of uh, three things marriage, of course. It's that's a covenant, a mm-hmm. which can be set aside. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's like, okay, maybe that... He didn't maybe have that in mind, but of course that covenant has and can be set aside. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking of HOA covenants. Yeah. Covenants, yeah. uh, kind of restrictions, CC and R's. Is that what they're called, CC and R's? I think that's uh, what they're called for up. neighborhoods.
0: Boy, I should
2: know. Yeah, I just got one last night and I don't remember. There's a <laughs> C in there for sure. Uh-huh. And then and then
1: there's my will. I've created a will. And I think that's a that's a legal binding... A document for me and, and my family that I entered into on my own, and so um, I was thinking about all that. So, TC, as you think about covenants, like your HOA, you lived in an HOA. Mm-hmm. Um, how does this all fit into what the Apostle Paul is talking
2: about? Well, I mean, what 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 he's really getting at when he's comparing the law to um, the covenant. He's really breaking down that the covenant, it's not something that you've earned, right? You've placed yourself into a covenant. You choose to initiate that. And so that's a really big difference between law, which is me having to earn my way in covenant. And I mean, just like you said, when it comes to like HOA, I mean, we just, we're under contract on a house and we've entered into this. There's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. There's yeah, a lot of, mm-hmm. there's you're accountable a lot of, to it. Yes, I mean, there's there's work that has to be done, but it's something I've chosen for myself and that I see the benefit in my life by living within this covenant. I mean, just like with marriage, mm-hmm. whenever I live within the covenant as compared to trying to find ways out of it, it's gonna enhance mm-hmm. my relationship, yeah. it's gonna help my relationship flourish. And so living within covenants by choice is a huge contrast, which is why he's using that to say it's, it's very different from the law you choose this, it's been given to you as a gift. It's something mm-hmm. that, that you can initiate without having to work your way to. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. That's good stuff. So um, when he's starting to pick apart the the language of the Old Testament, I had to go back and look up the language of the Old Testament to see uh, what he was referring to, um, because the covenant with Abraham is not always on my mind. Um mm-hmm. But for the Apostle Paul, and if you grew up in Judaism, it it was. I mean, he was the hero for you, and the Apostle Paul is building on that understanding in the book of Galatians as it is. So a quick scan, and and by the way, at the bottom of your Bible, you might see uh, some notes that would guide you back to where these original statements are, and it would take you back to uh, Genesis 12. That's where Abraham is given this, this promise, and I had to look that up to see if it was seeds or seed. And the Apostle Paul has done a good job of being a, a very astute reader of the contract, so to speak, mm-hmm. of the covenant. It is singular, and the Apostle Paul says, that's Jesus. So he's mm-hmm. looking forward to that. So the Apostle Paul is taking the promise, building on it, sort of helping them see that it's been fulfilled. That's mm-hmm. so important. How does the Old Testament fit into the new? Well, promise and covenant. Promise fulfilled, new covenant in Jesus' blood, realized, or enacted, or... Um, now in place for those who trust him. So mm-hmm. that's Genesis 12. And then in Genesis 15, uh, you see the covenant ratified. That's a big word, ratified. But uh, when I do a wedding, uh, you got to sign on the dotted line.
0: Mm-hmm. There's
1: a signature there. And once it's signed, that covenant is now enacted. It's it's put into place or ratified. Uh, HOA, you sign on the dotted line. You're now accountable. TC, you're under contract. That means mm-hmm. you must have uh, you must have signed (laughs) something. You've signed lots of things. Yeah, yeah. exactly. (laughs) And then, of course, uh, I have a will um, for for the Nelson family, for me, and um, my signature is on that. And so in Genesis... Oh, I just lost my spot. In Genesis chapter 15, we see that put into place. So look at this, Genesis 15, 8. Abram said, Sovereign Lord, how can I know that I'll gain possession of it? So he's saying, mm. how do I know you're going to come through on the promise? Like, mm. you, can we put this in writing? <laughs>
2: All right, can and you give I'm me... If I'm signing, can you yeah, sign too, can God? you sign? Like, I want to <laughs> trust
1: you, but how How do I know that you're going to come through? And so here's the way God did this in ancient times. Um, it was actually how promises were often signed at ancient times. The Lord said to him, "'Bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon.'" T.C., aren't you glad you didn't have to do this for your contract on your house? That would
2: have been been, uh, difficult to find a a goat and a young pigeon laying around. You go to PetSmart. Um, (laughs) What what do you need these for? Where's the pigeon section here, please? Oh, yeah, I'm trying to get a contract
1: on a home. (laughs) Abram brought all those to him, cut them in two, and arranged the halves opposite each other. The birds, however, he did not cut in half. Then birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abram drove them away. As the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep, and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said to him, No for." Certain that for four hundred years your descendants will be strangers in the, a country not their own, that they'll be enslaved and mistreated there, but I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterward they will come out with great possessions. You, however, will go to your ancestors in peace and be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here, for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached full measure. And look at this here we go. This is like going to the title company. Okay, this is the signing. <laughs> when the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking fire pot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. That's representative of God. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham and said to your descendants, I give this land from the wadi of Egypt to the great river of the Euphrates. So he goes through it. Abram was sleeping. That's how, that's how this covenant was enacted. This is completely from God. This is a unilateral covenant god's gonna fulfill it regardless of what abraham does okay that is so important that we understand so so god passes through um while abram is sleeping and so Mm -hmm. there we have it that's what that's what's on paul's mind as he starts off this section um of galatians so
2: good stuff yeah i mean it's pretty clear here that barbecue is an important part of covenants to God, <laughs> you know, get some meat out here, let's eat something, you know. Like.
1: Exactly. So, that <laughs> so, so Paul's saying, look, we know that this promise has been put into place, this covenant has been put into place, um, it can't be broken, um, and this is still the way it works, okay? God is a promise-making and a promise-keeping God, mm-hmm. and He's He has fulfilled His promise. So that's what we see here, but then we have this part about the law, which gets kind of interesting, and the word that I kind of like to use, and I got this from Eugene Peterson in the message to sum this up, is this law, which came 430 years later, was an addendum to the promise. Now, I think what happened, and the apostle Paul's going out of his way to say this, is people lost sight of the promise because they were so focused on the law, and that became mm. became a problem. And so he has to go out of his way to say, look, the law is not replacing the promise. It's an addendum. It goes with it. The two work together. Um, and in covenants today, sometimes with with my will, I have to make an addendum to it. At SMCC, we have bylaws that mm-hmm. govern us, and sometimes mm-hmm. there's addendums that mm-hmm. add on to or define parts of it. No. And so the law, the law did that. So TC, as you think about the law in the Old Testament, um, how do you think through it in a helpful and hopeful way?
2: Well, just like you said, the, these two things go together. They're not separate things, right? I mean, that's why here in this, the, the header for this passage is the law and the promise, not the law or the promise, right? Mm-hmm. And it's really easy, especially for us, but for the people of Israel as well. The promise came so much longer before the law, so what was most fresh to them was the law. That's what they're all about. It mm-hmm. was something that they had control over, something that they could do. But but this this passage is really breaking down, hey, you know, the the law, the law is not something to replace the promise. The promise is, is a gift from God. And it's something that you don't you don't work for and that's important for you to have. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like I mean a birthday party, right? I mean, I'd get a birthday every year simply by existing. I've done nothing to earn <laughs> a birthday. There's no reason that people should celebrate my birthday, but Whenever they do, that's, that's a gift that I haven't done anything for, and that's what this promise is. God gave this promise to Abraham as a gift, mm-hmm. and sometimes we struggle with the thought that we can receive something without earning it, mm-hmm. so it appeals to us to have to have the structure in the law, and so this, this is really breaking down. Hey, this is not... The law doesn't replace the gift. Mm-hmm. The law is is something to help you see the need for the gift.
1: There you go. It's like the date of your birthday. If you get rid of that, we don't know when to give you gifts, <laughs> Seriously. Okay. So you got, everybody
2: know, <laughs> April 22nd, come find it. I'm gonna
0: ask, yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> June 15th for me. Um, <laughs> so TC, the way you describe that is great. This law served as an addendum to the promise. It doesn't replace it. It goes with it, and it actually guides people back to it. And this is the very same question the Apostle Paul assumes the listener is gonna have next. And so Adam, let's keep reading in verse sure. 19, which starts with that, that question.
0: Yeah. Why then was the law given at all? It was added because of transgressions until the seed to whom the promise referred to had come. The law was given through angels and entrusted to a mediator. A mediator, however, implies more than one party, but God is one. Okay, this, mm. get,
1: this is where it starts to get confusing. This
0: is where I googled a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's okay
1: to get all the help you need in interpreting the Bible. Okay, so, you have this law. What was the point of it? I like to say the point was two things it exposed and guided. It exposed and guided. It exposed their need for, a pro- for the promise, it exposed their need for forgiveness, for their need for God, because they couldn't keep the law. And if rights could be uh, obtained through law keeping, great. But the law demonstrated no one could ever do that. And so, it exposed their need sort of expose them too, expose their hard hearts, expose mm-hmm. their lack of trust, and the law would guide as well. So it would really serve as some guardrails, some boundaries for how to live in the moment while they waited for the seed, singular, that's what we see. So while they waited for their Savior and Messiah to arrive, the law would show them their need for their, the Messiah, and it should guide them uh, till they had the Messiah. And so... I was thinking about this recently. Um, I've placed some guardrails and boundaries in my life uh, to keep me on track, so mm. to speak. Um, it's it's a wise way to live. You know those rumble strips on the freeway, and you yeah. bump them, and you're like, okay, mm. better. Gonna yeah. you know, stop looking at my phone. I hit the rumble strips. Yeah, um, right. yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't do that. Um, <laughs> but I have some rumble strips in my life for guardrails to so let me know I'm starting to to go off the path. It's time. It's time to come back. Mm. And um, I thought for a little bit we would talk about that because. Those are laws, I guess you could say. They're they're restrictions in my life so that I can live the way I want to live. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the nature of the law. It serves as a guardrail or a boundary. So TC, mm-hmm. as you think of guardrails in your life, Adam, yeah. where do you guys see guardrails? Where have you put up guardrails that have been helpful? They're not they're not um, uh, abusive or, you know, like... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I think it starts with an O. It's, uh, you know... Overbearing. Overbearing. Ooh. Yes, there you go. Thank you, Adam. They're not these overbearing, um, demanding laws. They're rumble strips I've
2: placed in my life out of wisdom. Have you guys mm-hmm. done that?
0: Yeah.
2: No, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I, like, I like, first of all, that here, you know, Paul saying, covenant's so important. God gave us covenant. Don't be all focused on the law. And then he's smart enough to say, but... We need the law, too. Mm -hmm. That's really important. And he points out the reason he uses the word transgressions. That's that's sin. That's disobeying God. And so we need the law. The covenant's fantastic, but without any sort of guardrails, then your freedom can crush you. Yeah. And so, you know, I I think of it kind of like, you know, when it, when I have stuff stuck in my teeth, I don't know what it goes on with my teeth, but anything I eat is like lodged in there forever. I can see your breakfast right now. I'm yeah, kidding. yeah. I'm you know, it was a smoothie, so you can't. Okay, um, but anyways, I, I, like it's it means a lot to me when people love me enough to say, hey, there's there's something gross in your teeth because otherwise that's all people will see the rest of the day. Mm, yeah. And so the law is meant to help us see the stuff in our teeth, right? And so whenever we set up guardrails, that's making sure you have the boundaries or relationships in your life to point that stuff out to you to help you see that. Mm-hmm. And, and so, I mean, mm-hmm. some, there's, it can be simple things. They don't need to be controlling your life. But I mean, one thing for me is I don't, I don't ride alone in a car. With just one other woman like that, that doesn't build security into my wife Mm -hmm. that can lead to people asking questions. Is there anything wrong with riding with another woman card? No, but Mm -hmm. it can be appearance. It can be opportunity. It can be temptation. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I just draw that boundary just Mm -hmm. to be smart. Yep. Mm -hmm.
1: And so you have a marriage covenant that you're in, but you have guardrails around your relationship too. And, you, right. and that's what we're seeing here uh, in this passage. You know, my wife has often said, we don't live in an HOA, and sometimes if my neighbors are listening, I wish, wish we did um, <laughs> get your junk cleaned up, but uh, <laughs> my wife likes to say, we'd be great HOA people, because we love to take care of our yard, we love to sure. take care of, yeah. of the outside of our home, mm-hmm. and um, the point being, if your HOA has some law around your yard, it's so that, it's so that you and others can enjoy... A nice, you know, appearance on the lawn, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. they they go together. You can see a law as um, harmful and you know heavy, or you can see a law as helpful. And it's really important that you understand the laws accordingly. And I think the Apostle Paul has a good understanding of the law, um, which is it's valuable and that it exposes and it guides. It exposes and it guides. So mm-hmm. that's what he's talking about here at this at this point in Galatians. He'll actually talk about something else. Uh, a little bit later on in Galatians, where he says, the law served as a tutor or a guide. In, in, in the first century, um, Greek uh, kids, if they came from a wealthy family, would often have, in the Greco-Roman society, would have uh, tutors or uh, babysitters or something, and they would protect them as they walk to school. They would just be around them as their advocate, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And the, he makes the point: the law is sort of like that. It's it's it, it guides us, it protects us, it guards us, it teaches us, mm-hmm. and therefore it's this companion to life and um, a companion to the covenant. And so that's what we that's what we see here, and that's why Paul is not. It's why he's saying, guys, the law is a good thing, because the mm-hmm. assumption was, look at Paul, you're down on Abraham, you must be down on Moses, you're down on the law, and Paul's like, no, I'm not. These things are very valuable, mm-hmm. but they they lead us straight to the seed, the offspring from Abram that would save the whole world.
2: Yeah. So. And and Paul's also making sure we get the order right. I mean, the the actual historical order of the Covenant and promise from God is followed by the law. And when we get that backwards, we get that relationship out of order, right? So if I am living in the covenant, the promise, the freedom of God, then the law is what helps me know how to stay inside of that. It's not that I do the law in order to get the relationship; it's that the relationship is enhanced by the law. But yep. whenever we try and live law first in order to get to God, that that's what strips mm. it of all relationship, all freedom, all power, and, and turns it into just a bunch of rules, a bunch yeah. of
1: religion. That's a great point. It's it's promise before law in the Old Testament, and it's really important that we see that. Um, and I think what's really cool for us to process is that I read Genesis fifteen earlier about the covenant signed with the blood of these animals. Well, when Jesus is at the, the last meal or the last supper with his followers, he makes it very clear that this is the new covenant in my blood. Mm. So it's the new covenant now that we live in as Jesus' followers that's been signed and sealed, so to speak, by God with the death of Jesus. And mm-hmm. so that's why... And, every, and so every month when we celebrate communion at SMCC, we are celebrating the covenant all over again. We're receiving mm. the promise Uh, all over again. We're, We're not signing with our blood, we're receiving His for us. And so that's this grand connection from Abram all the way to Sunday morning at SMCC when we celebrate
0: communion. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Well, let me keep going through our, through our sections here. Well, so before we jump, because oh, I mean,
2: there's a lot of stuff in those two verses you read that I had to look into. Like it's talking about a mediator out of nowhere. And um, it, it talks about angels being involved and how God is one and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I had to break that down to try and figure out what what is he really saying mm-hmm. here? And in, in, in the end of verse 19 and verse 20, whenever he says the law was given through angels and entrusted to a mediator, that's referring to the 10 commandments which Moses Moses was Mm -hmm. the mediator, and at that point in time, there was a large group of Jews that believed that angels had brought the Ten Commandments to Moses, Mm -hmm. and so... Paul's creating a, a contrast here, saying, okay, if you think the law is so important and you believe all these people were involved, all these people in between God and us to give us a the law, then how much better, how much greater is the promise? Because that's directly from God mm. to Abraham. And, and like Eric said, Abraham was asleep. So <laughs> it was a promise really <laughs> without anybody else involved. It's only <laughs> God involved. So when it's saying God is one, that's, that's really what's pointing out. And the reason that's so much better, it made me think of like back in like elementary school whenever you know you liked somebody or they liked you and you would get a note delivered by their friend that said do you like me circle yes or no." I mean that that <laughs> was cool I did not get very many of those it was a tough Bummer. life for TC I know <laughs> it's tough but that as cool as that is whenever that cute person came up and said hey I I like you. That's way better, right? There's not some person in between that. I don't know how to interact with and all this. That's what he's saying here is he's saying, Hey, the the promise is directly from God. This is God saying, Hey, I love you. Mm -hmm. I care about you. Here is my covenant with you. And then the law is great as it is. It's, it's it's not as great as the covenant. It's something that is just as Eric said, a companion to guide us and help us fully embrace that covenant and love of God. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Um, I was thinking about this, you know, religion is often full of go-betweens between people and God. You got to do it like this. You got to walk through these steps. You have right. to uh, make these promises or sign your own covenants to be close with God, or you got to go through this priest or this bishop or this whatever mm-hmm. to get to God. You don't have to go through me, TC, or Adam to get to God, folks. Right, right, right. You, you don't. There's one mediator, his name is Jesus, and you have direct access to God. We are here as pastors to serve you and to shepherd and to support and help you take your next steps. We are not the go-between. And I'm, sure. I'm glad I'm not. I'm yeah, I'd be yeah. a bad go-between. so much pressure. Yeah. And, and
2: this is, I, I want to take a second to highlight what we're doing right now in our small groups across SMCC is doing a, a study called Living FDFD, but it really is us just taking a look in the Bible and coming and talking about it. it's not mm-hmm. like, come, I'm going to teach you what I've read in the Bible. It's all of us saying, hey, this is what I read. This was I... And I, I, I love that because that's reinforcing the importance of you going directly to God. That we, as a pastoral team here, we're here to support and champion and guide, but ultimately, we want
0: it to be a direct relationship mm-hmm. between you and Jesus. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I love it.
0: Excellent. Let me read, uh, starting verse 21 and wrap up this section. Um, so he says, Is the law, therefore, opposed to the promise of God? Absolutely not. For if a law had been given that could impart life, then righteousness would certainly have come by the law. But scripture has locked up everything under the control of sin. So that what was promised, so so that what was promised, being given through faith in Jesus Christ, might be given to those who believe. All right, this is where I got
1: really stumped, and we were planning to end the podcast right here, but I realized I couldn't make sense of the of the uh, locked up portion until I read a little bit further with the context, because the theme comes up again. So Adam, why don't we press on, yeah, and um and just read to the end of the chapter, sure. so that we can see how the locked up thing. Um, kind of comes together and makes sense, because I sure. was very confused sure. <laughs> until I read that part.
0: So Paul continues, he says, Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law. All right, let's
1: pause right there. So in custody and locked up. You guys see mm-hmm. the, the similar theming here. I think the break in the NIV where it has a new title heading, yep. it's actually not helpful sure. because it sort of interrupts the theming of the locked Custody, chained up, <laughs> enslaved, whatever—all
0: yeah. that language is built into this concept right here. Yeah. Keep going. Uh, so basically, he continues in this thought: locked up until the faith that was to come—that uh, that was to come—would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came.
1: That guardian word is the tutor, or the babysitter, or the first-century concept uh, ooh, of guardian. Got Makes it. sense. Yeah, mm. there it comes.
0: So, the well, law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian.
1: Okay, this is so important. Let's pause right That's there. That's very cool. So, guardians watch over kids, right? In the, in the Greco-Roman world. You would have a guardian that would get you to school. We've already talked about that.
2: I like that. Instead of baby... Like, I want to start paying a guardian to watch my kids. <laughs> babysitter. babysitter. It's a better term. <laughs>
1: but what comes next is the freedom, okay? Now there is no guardian, all right? We can stay home by ourselves now, okay? (laughs) Here's the next part where this children aspect comes in. So you see how -hmm. it's all working together. Guardians were over kids. Guardians would at times feel like they, you know, had the key to the kids, so to speak. You're with me. You're chained up to me. But here's what happens next, so keep
0: going. So in Christ you are all children of God through faith, For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's, Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So there we
1: go. Comes full circle, heirs according to the promise. We are now a part of this family. Uh, we are children inside of the family, heirs, what's true of Jesus's uh, status becomes true of us. That's what an inheritance or an heir is. There's, an, there's something waiting for us that's true of us because we've trusted Jesus. So right. all this is saying at this point in Galatians is, look, Scripture has locked us up, so to speak. That's a weird concept, but what, what he's saying is that the truth of the Bible has let us know we're enslaved to sin. All right, that's that's where we're stuck. And the law mm-hmm. has kind of let us know that, by the way, because we violate it, we break the law, and so we have cuffs on, we're in custody, so to speak, um, but when Jesus showed up, we are set free, justification happens not through keeping of the law, but by faith, by trusting the one who kept the law perfectly for us. Mm-hmm. And so because he kept the law perfectly for us, that his standing, his perfect record or scorecard of life becomes becomes ours. And therefore, no longer a guardian is needed by us. Uh, we are free, and we are part of this very same promise that goes all the way back to Abraham. We're included in the promise of God um, in this covenant. So that's sort of the whole, all the theming put together. Locked up, custody, guardians, laws, promise, inheritance, heir. They all fit They all fit together now, and if you've trusted Jesus, you are set free uh, from the law, and now you are a child of God.
2: Absolutely, and and Paul's, Paul's really been hitting over and over how important both are, covenant and law, and explaining the different nuances for each, and for him to continue to point out that that the law is is our guard it lets us know how much we need Jesus it, mm-hmm. that that's really important for us that we we know that we need help that it's not that God expects us to be perfect it just shows us that we need a perfect God because we're so imperfect i mean my my daughter she's 2 years old she loves her ipad she wakes up in the morning And says, iPad, iPad, iPad Mm -hmm. all morning, right? And so um, sometimes she goes and grabs it without us giving it to her. And she's running, she's over there trying to get the passcode over and over and over. (laughs) And she just keeps pushing buttons. And you hear her grunting more and more and becoming more and more frustrated because her iPad is locked. So when she finally gets to the point that she's frustrated enough and recognizes that she can't get in, what does she do? she brings it to me and says ipad over and over and over until i put the password in. So that's that's what this is saying is that we get frustrated by trying to live life by the law and mm. not going to the
1: father. Mm-hmm. And going to the father is exactly where the apostle paul goes next. He says because you're a child you can call god abba father. So that's where this is going. So this whole theme at this point In Galatians is uh, when you are young, he talks about being underage coming up next. Uh, In the Greco-Roman world, uh, when you were a certain age, there were things that were true of you, but you were not experiencing them yet because you weren't old enough to receive them. And uh, it was very much that way for the Israelites. They were not yet able to receive... Uh, the incredible promise of salvation through the Messiah until Jesus showed up. But when the time was right, Jesus showed up, and now they're able to walk into all that is theirs through Jesus. And he's saying, so to everybody, Jew or Gentile, slave or free, you now can walk into all the wealth that is yours because you are an heir. And um, that is so compelling and powerful and inspiring, and uh, we'll we'll leave it off there. We're in, we just got to the end of chapter three. We'll pick it up in chapter four uh, next time. But um, at this point in time, Paul wants his listeners thinking of this. Wow, I know what happened in the past, but this means something incredible for me now. Is it true that I am free? to follow Jesus, and therefore there's an inheritance that's waiting for me. There was this great promise made to Abraham, but this is a great promise made to me. Mm. And what is the promise? Well, it's essentially justification by faith, that I am somebody, my life counts for something because of what Jesus has done. So anyways, that's the great um, thing we can appreciate here as we get to this point in Galatians.
0: Very cool. Well, listeners, I'm so glad that you could join us. TC, I'm glad you were able to be here today. Oh yeah, me and, too. Uh, I learned a lot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you guys ever want to meet TCs at our Lehigh campus, and uh, we're just excited to be uh, continuing to, to go through this together. And uh, I know we'll have some other guests on the show as well. So thank you for being here, and we'll see you again next time. Thanks again for joining us for the Fully Delighted Podcast. If you enjoyed this hopeful and helpful resource. We'd love to have you leave us a review or share an episode with a friend. For more information about SMCC, please visit us at our website at smccutah.org. Thank you for trusting us with your time, and we look forward to having you back again soon.